Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write us a review and rate us on iTunes as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them, so please reach out on email as I'd love to answer any questions you may have. You can find my Facebook on the show notes or alternatively email at occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com. Before we kick this episode off, um, just wanted to apologise about the long delay since the last episode, since the ending of the lockdown. Uh, things have been particularly busy um, and lots of episodes been stacking up but I uh, haven't had a chance to record them. So apologies everybody. Thanks so much for all of your nice messages that I've received regarding the podcast. Really positive feedback. It really helps us to keep going and gives us that extra boost to keep on creating some interesting episodes for you all. On that note, let's get started. In today's episode, we are kicking off a whole new series, really. Um, And this is going to actually be talking about one of the elements of the Western mystery tradition, which is the Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton is one of the most mysterious and sacred words of power that has been used in magical orders and also in sacred contexts for centuries. The word tetragrammaton is the word used to refer to the four-letter word that is the name for God in the Hebrew Bible. Tetragrammaton derives from the Greek words for four, tetra, and gram, meaning letters. And the power and importance of this word is described as follows in the Pistis Sophia. And if that name is said to the judges of the wicked, and to their lords, and all their powers, as soon as that name is uttered in those regions, they will fall one upon the other, so that being destroyed they perish and exclaim, Light of all lights, who art in the infinite lights, have mercy upon us and purify us. Over the next few episodes we'll be going into this word in much more detail. However, in this introductory episode I wanted to set the scene for these episodes and just give a bit of a brief intro. So the the Tetragrammaton features in many different contexts as we've already mentioned. God was meant to have created the world and breathed life breath into Adam, the first man, using the Tetragrammaton. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Moses is also meant to have used its power to bring the ten plagues onto Egypt 
through the magical and destructive power of this sacred word. Solomon, who we discussed in one of our previous episodes, was also used to use it to bind and compel spirits and demons to build the first temple in Jerusalem. And he's also meant to have had the sacred word inscribed upon a magical ring upon his finger, together with the symbol of a hexagram. The idea here being strongly connected with the idea that the ring of the magician represents the concentration of cosmic forces through oneself until they focus like a laser into one finger. If people want to find out more about the symbolism of the ring of the magician, then we did an episode on the ring um, of Solomon. And there's a really nice description of this ring from uh, Charles Williams' novel, Many Dimensions, and I quote, In the crown of Suleiman the Wise, the peace be upon him, he said, There was a stone, and this stone was that which is the first matter of creation, holy and terrible. But on the hand of the king there was a ring, and in the ring was another secret, more holy and terrible than the stone. For within the ring there was a point of that light which is the spirit of creation, the adornment of the unity, the knowledge of the loveliness, the divine image in the mirror of the world's just and true. This was the justice and the wisdom of Solomon, by which all souls were made manifest to him and all causes rightly determined. Also, when within the Holy of Holies in the temple, that the king made, he laid his crown upon the ark and between the wings of the cherubim and held his hand over it. The light of the ring shone upon the stone and all things had peace. But when the king erred, building altars to strange gods, he dared no longer let the light fall upon the stone. Also, he put aside the ring, and it is told that Asmodeus sat upon his throne seven years. And that's a quote from uh, Charles Williams' novel, Many Dimensions. Magicians, prophets, exorcists, there's lots of countless stories of different individuals using the Tetragrammaton words to perform miracles, calm storms, do healing miracles, and even bringing back the dead to life and also driving demons away. The word is meant to have been so sacred and revered that the ancient Jewish priests forbade anyone to speak it and it's usually replaced with the word Adonai, which means Lord, or Elohim, which means gods instead. After the fall of Herod's temple to the Romans in 70 AD, or around about that period, the true pronunciation of this word is meant to have been lost, but as we'll see, 
it, it is still used an awful lot in different esoteric groups and by magicians and lots of spiritual practitioners. Some examples of these, and we'll talk about these in a further episode. Um, in the Middle Ages, you get a group called the Balai Sham, or the Masters of the Name, who are meant to have used the word to heal the sick and banish spirits. The Balai Shem were practitioners of practical Kabbalah and miracle workers who used the names of God to perform miracles, exorcisms, and also protect people from disaster, so fire, robbery, theft, etc. So it kind of has this sort of talismanic property to it. One such um, member of this group is the Jewish magician Rabbi Lowe of Prague, who was meant to have breathed life into the lifeless by means of using the Tetragrammaton. And this is where the story of the golem comes from, which we'll be talking about in a future episode. Other notable people that used it, um, Johannes Reuchlin, who lived in the 15th century. And he was a German-born really humanist and scholar of Greek and Hebrew and his work very much centred on Greek and Hebrew but also the development of the Christian Kabbalah. Um, he was also involved with transforming the Tetragrammaton into the esoteric fivefold name of Jesus. Alchemists also used the symbol in lots of their emblems and you see lots of you know, illustrations and drawings of this such as mystics like Flood and Jakob Boma. It was also very popular with magicians in the 19th century. So for instance, Eliphas Levi, um, he's a famous French magician who we've discussed briefly before. He lived in the 19th century in Paris and was the author of over 20 books on Kabbalah, magic, alchemy. And um, Crowley actually famously claimed he was a reincarnation of him. Also, A. E. Waite talks about him as well, um, and A. E. Waite actually translated one of the books of Eliphas Levi, which talks about this, and I just wanted to quote. A single word comprehends all things, and this word consists of four letters. It is the tetragram of the Hebrews, the Azoth of the alchemists, the Thoth of the Bohemians, or the tarot of the Kabbalists. This word expressed after so many manners means God for the profane, man for the philosophers, and imparts to the adept the final term of human sciences and the key of divine power. But he only can use it who understands the necessity of never revealing it. And that's a quote from Transcendental Magic which is a book by Eliphas Levy. Um, Gerard N. Kaus, who was also known as the name Pappus, also wrote about it in his book called The Tarot of the Bohemians, which is quite dated now, but it's definitely worth um, reading if you're interested in the tarot. And I quote, According to the ancient oral tradition of the Hebrews, or Kabbalah, a sacred word exists which gives the morale who can discover the correct way of pronouncing it. The key to all the sciences, divine and human. 
This word, which the common people of Israel never uttered, and which the high priest pronounced once a year, amidst the shouts of the laity, is found at the head of every initiatory ritual. It radiates from the centre of the flaming triangle. In the 33rd degree of Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, it is displayed above the gateways of our old cathedrals. It is formed of our Hebrew letters. Crowley also talks about this uh, letter and he says, Yehovah as the dyad expanded the jealous and terrible God, the lesser countenance, the God of nature, fecund, cruel, beautiful, relentless. Madame Blavatsky also uh, talks about the, this the Tetragrammaton in her book Isis Unveiled, which is a really interesting book, it's well worth studying. Um, it has been kind of criticised in more recent years uh, with sort of claims about plagiarism and stuff like that, but there is a really kind of unique current that runs through that particular book. And she said, The primordial point in a circle the circle squaring itself from the four cardinal points becomes a quaternary, the perfect square, having at each of its four angles a letter of the mirific name, the sacred tetragram. It is the four Buddhas who came and have passed away, the Pythagorean, Tectactus, absorbed and resolved by the one eternal, no being. Paul Foster Case, um, who was an American occultist of the early 20th century and also author of lots of different books on the tarot and the Kabbalah, um, also said the following about the Tetragrammaton. To commemorate this fourfold manifestation of life, the divine names in many languages are four-lettered. This is particularly true in Hebrew and of the divine names in that language. The most important is the Tetragrammaton, yod heh vau Each letter of this name represents one of the four aspects of life called elements. Yod stands for fire, the first H for water, V for air, and the second H for earth. And that's from the Book of Tokens. And we'll be going into more detail about the specifics of the Hebrew letters in um, the next couple of episodes. So if you're wondering more about that, then um, yeah, keep listening. Since those times, and as I said, so over the last few centuries, it's become hugely important, this word, in traditional Western ceremonial magic. And the Hebrew letters that make up the word have also been used in lots of different correspondences, including tarot, uh, magical instruments, compass points, the wind... Uh, obviously the Sephiroth of the Kabbalah, the planets, and also the Zodiac. So as we've seen, it's used in lots of different contexts. It's a huge importance in the Western mystery tradition. And over the next few episodes, we will be going into it in more detail, with a focus on its historical importance, as well as its spiritual significance. So if you want to find out more, then stay tuned and listen to the next episodes. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you. Bye-bye.